This is an extra episode of we did we did two episodes of Doomray this week. Yes, well, we said we said we'd make up for our uh, our lack thereof last week. Yeah. Um, but a bit of a change to the schedule. Um, you know, the, we were planning to do a um, look at the Green Green Men comic book. Um, however, fifty uh, percent <laughs> of our team, uh, Mr. Luke Edwards, has um, gone to Derbyshire for his girlfriend's birthday, which mm. I can't blame him for. So that's going to be put back till Monday. Okay. However, um, it has been a busy week. There has been a lot happening. Yeah, lots to talk about. Um, and one bit of news that um, means, mean, well, I found really, really quite upsetting. Um, you know, not kind of, I wasn't in tears, but um, close to, um, was um, the death of LucasArts, um, which is a company that I hold very dear to my heart as a gamer. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure even with your limited gaming in the last <laughs> 20 years, you'll, you'll know LucasArts. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm older than you and, um, my gaming has been uh, sporadic over that time, but, uh, but yeah, big, big name. And, um, I guess a kind of, well, you know, is it a worrying, is it a worrying sign with, um, Lucas be Lucas and Lucas Arts being bought by Disney last year is this is this the the first or one of one of a few signs that uh, I think that there's that, change happening well that that's how people seem to have reacted um is that you know that this is what we all feared um but in a lot of ways you know they're a studio that that has pedigree in terms of their previous titles i mean i was i was kind of going through their um softography the other day and you know they've um they have things like Labyrinth, the computer game, which was shoddy, but it was Labyrinth nonetheless. <laughs> but, you know, they have all the Indiana Jones games, um, the Secret of Monkey Island games. Which that's are the amazing. stuff. That, that's the stuff that we remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if, and, I, if anything comes to mind when you say LucasArts, it's still the Monkey Island stuff. Well, yeah, and, and well, to me, there's there's two games. Um, the the big the big one for me is Grim Fandango, which I believe is still one of the greatest games ever made. Um, and uh, the other is a little bit of a weird fanboy one, but um, back in the days of my Nintendo 64, uh, I remember spending so many hours on Star Wars Pod Racer, mm-hmm. uh, or Star Wars Episode One Racer, as it was called, um, that I ended up with vertigo and a headache um, just because I played it so much. But you know, the, um, <laughs> you know, to, to me, they're they're a, they're a studio that I guess. Because of kind of my my Star Wars fanboyism mm. um, and my love of gaming ended up going hand in hand, um, <clears throat> and you know, like the Star Wars Episode One, the Phantom Menace game um, on the PlayStation was so much better than the film. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the first game where you could chop things in half with a with a lightsaber, and if that doesn't sell you the game, I don't know what will. Um, but you know, Rogue Squadron, um, but pretty much all the Star Wars games, I you know, and they, they were good. You know, they were the they were the first studio I think to do movie tie-ins well. Mm. Um, you know, even if I think back as far as um, you know, Rebel Assault and uh, X Wing. X-Wing, X definitely. I mean, Rebel, Rebel Assault ha- had a kind of reputation of being very much an on-rails 
game yeah, where you, yeah. you could shoot and you could kind of point in different directions to shoot but pretty much you're you're on it's a kind of rails uh, kind of game um, i was six when that game was released though, so. <laughs> which, is, which is probably perfect at that, at that <laughs> yeah. age isn't it it was I the think. angry birds for my generation mm. um and and certainly lots of people i knew played it not my brother's age your age kind of young younger um the the game the, i guess the if there was a kind of mid-period of gaming uh, game for me that, that that excited me for a while, it was X-Wing. Yeah, um, it, it was. We we had at the time we we had Max in the office, but we had a couple we had a couple of PCs as well for development, and uh, that was the game that made me put a PC on my desk. Yeah, uh, that was the only reason I wanted a PC but it was, on my it desk. It was a superb game. I yeah, mean, absolutely fantastic. You know, I, it's funny because I was thinking back the other day, and you know still kind of can remember the thrill of fi- flying an X-Wing along mm. the along the top of a Star Destroyer. Well, it was a dream. It was a dream. Cause, yeah, you no, know, it when, was. Because yeah, when totally. I was growing up watching the films, there, there was no way of doing this stuff. You know, the, the closest we got... What, we, you mean the uh, vector-based Star Wars games didn't do <laughs> They didn't really... They didn't, well, you know, even those were a little tiny bit later. Um, the Death Star Trench Run was an incredible yeah, it's good, it's good. achievement. Yeah. But, you know, the, we, we didn't have access to PCs. We didn't have expensive... Consoles. You could go to an arcade... And we mm. could put some, you know, twenty p into one of these machines and uh, uh, and play and play them for a little while. Um, but unless you but, unless you got lots of money, you couldn't get good at them. But how, to have a PC on the desk and to be able to fly an X-wing fighter and and in a proper um, flight sim kind yeah, of way that was with that the, was with the cockpit fantastic. so beautifully realised and you know and no, you know, you could fl- you could fly the Millennium Falcon and all that kind. Of, I mean, it was it. <laughs> I think you know that maybe that's that's kind of how LucasArts um, forged its reputation in the early days. Though was was this kind of realization of the dreams because because it was tied so much into Lucasfilm. Um, you, you know, the, I mean, I'm thinking even down to kind of the, the the SNES Star Wars games and those kind of things. They were they were playing the stories that you loved so much, um, and I, I think it's it's funny because when you know it, it's people often forget that there was such a gap between the Star Wars films, mm. uh, you know, the two trilogies, because they were filled with, with so much rich Star Wars material. And, you know, LucasArts really are are the guys and the girls that we have to kind of take our hats off to because they're the ones that filled that gap. They're the ones that, you know, bridged the gap between the films and told stories. You know, they, they did as much to expand the universe as Dark Horse did with comics, as, you know, any publisher mm. did with books. Um you know they you know i'm thinking back to um jedi academy um you know which is it, it, it's a testament to it that it's still available on the app store now and on steam and they you know they they still stand up they you know they're great games um yeah sure and you know that they, they you know let's not forget that they they went down the route with Kyle Katarn and showing what happened with Luke setting up the Jedi Temple. And, you know, they they really, they expanded the universe and they were great storytellers. And I think, you know, that that maybe, you know, kind of, they they found that kind of storytelling roots because they, they started off with kind of Sims and so on and retelling of stories. But with the Monkey Island series and, you know, all those games, they, they still stand up because they're so strong in terms of story. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't take long, does it, to kind of forget, to forget the crudeness uh, of the graphics 
um, to just kind of immerse yourself in the storytelling. Yeah, and you know, but even down to, I mean, I know they um, re-released the first two Monkey Islands yeah. um, on on iOS and on um, on Xbox, and the love that went in. I mean, th- this is the thing for me that <clears throat> LucasArts. You know, people talk about kind of cheap movie cash-ins, but LucasArts, you know, put a lot of love into their games. And, you know, with with those remakes, I think they realised the power of of kind of fan service. Um, And they were maybe kind of one of the first major studios that really kind of tried to... um, you know, play play to their fans as opposed to trying to trying to tell their fans what to play. Mm. Um, you know, they really kind of catered for it, and I think they they struggled a little bit with maybe you know in their later years. I'm trying to think that you know in the kind of the last kind of five six years, they didn't really um, they seemed to kind of struggle to their expectations were set so high by people you know of these of these kind of games but when they revisited their old their old games they did it with such love and such care i mean the the um the remakes of monkey island were just stunning with the you know the the way you could switch between the updated art style and the old art style and you know all those kind of things and they never kind of just chucked something together which which i really appreciate you know, with well, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago on this show, I was talking about how I object to studios now kind of releasing a half finished game and then patching it and patching it and patching it and patching it. Um, and you know, you just got a, the feeling that a lot of love went into their games. Um, and you know, I think they struggled in kind of the later console years. I mean, when you look at kind of Connect Star Wars yeah. and those kind of things, they. Well, they they did what a lot of industries, what a lot of the people in industry did, I guess. And maybe as opposed to kind of giving the fans the games they wanted, they they started to trying to appeal to people in kind of because you know console gaming has become mainstream. You know, like if I say to people I play computer games now, you know, when I was in kind of secondary school, I was part of a <clears throat> of a niche that kind of grew and grew and grew, and. Now, you know, everybody plays computer games. You know, Sarah sits downstairs playing Peggle, playing, you know, playing pop cup <laughs> games and stuff. But, you know, that whether it's casual or hardcore, they, they, you know, they play those games. And I think maybe the thing that LucasArts did in the end was try to kind of sway towards catering for that um, and maybe forgot what they were so good at in the first place. So the, the big... Um... The kind of, the kind of big uh, complaint about about this is that we're losing uh, two Star Wars games that were in development. Um, yeah, the thirteen thirteen. I mean, yeah, I mean with um, with thirteen thirteen, it, it's funny because um, uh, I don't know. I, I I looked at it and I kind of went, well, it's Uncharted, <laughs> and they've done it quite well. But um, you know, I, it's. It's one of those things where I kind of think, you know, everybody, when, when The Force Unleashed came out, everybody was kind of saying it was going to be the game that saved Star Wars and everything, and uh, well, Star Wars games, and it didn't live up to it. And 1313, just from a personal standpoint, I wasn't kind of blown away by it. But I know, uh, you know, at E3 last year, a lot of people were saying, that's the game I'm most excited about. You know, that's the game I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people will be disappointed, but the one thing I would say... 
is, you know, this doesn't mean the end of Star Wars games. No. So, um, so what have they said? They've, they've said that they 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 were looking to license some of these things, but but the word is that um, that there's uh, there's very little likelihood of the two games of thirteen thirteen and the other one that they were developing, which I forget what it what it is. Um, yeah, very I'm very little. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no. Very li- very little likelihood of these being these being licensed by anyone else. So so it just those. First assault. Yeah, first that assault. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's very little likelihood of those actually happening. Which um, mm. I don't know whether whether that's that indicates the kind of direction that Disney want, wants to take Star Wars. I've I've seen it speculated that they you know that that Disney are not interested in the prequel uh, world um, and the and the uh, kind of old Republic uh, universe at all. But the, the, you know that's really sad because I think you know. Um, Bioware and the work that they did with with Knights of the Old Republic and mm. you know the Old Republic MMO, um, you know they're they're incredible and the storytelling's phenomenal and the you know the story's great and you know this is what I mean by Lucas Arts um, and you know the the kind of studios they worked with did so much mm. to to expand the stories. So, but those aren't um, those aren't Lucas Arts direct ones anyway, are they? No, so no. But what I mean so is, you know, the, kind of the studios that that kind of you know worked with the kind of mythos of Star Wars, mm. um, you know, did did so much to expand the universe and fill that gap. But maybe, I guess when they're coming back to making films, I wonder whether they think that that's a distraction. Now you say that the that the Luke, that what Lucas Arts did was it was fill this in, this gap, and it was a real as you say it was a real long extended period at which there was no Star Wars other than mm. what we got through these things, and now we're moving into a different phase when there there's there's a new canon, if you like, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so if, maybe it's not it's not as necessary. Well, if you look at what they did with Marvel. Uh, and the phase one films, um, you know, so phase one is done. So mm. I think, you know, if, if we look at the phase one films and and kind of look at that as a model for Star Wars, because I think that's what Disney will be doing. I mean, they've made so much money out of those films. Yeah, sure. If they're not looking at that as a model, then, I, you know, I don't know well, what they're doing. So. Of course they but so if we if we look at that as kind of, a you know, as as the as the kind of model for a Star Wars reboot, as it were. And this is a reboot. This isn't, you know, yes, it's kind of furthering the story, but I think, to, you know, I know that Stuart um, was talking about reboots the other day, but, you mm, yeah. know, this is, um, you know, th- this to me is, it's almost a clean slate. Um, so, you know, Disney, D- Disney have done with Marvel, they've done great fan service, you know, they've got Stan Lee in the films and all those kind of things. However, they... They haven't thrown money at the games. They haven't thrown money at, you know, the kind of, um, well, I guess with with kind of the Marvel comics, there's a massive expanded universe anyway. Um, And I guess with Star Wars, there's a massive, you know, there's, if you started today trying to read everything about Star Wars, play everything (laughs) about Star Wars and watch everything about Star Wars, you would die <laughs> you know, thirty yeah, percent through. Pretty, it's pretty unlikely you get through it. So you know, and I think that's kind of what they, what the, the realization they came with Marvel is they they've got this kind of expanded universe and people can read into it as much as they want. But at the same time, you can sit in a cinema having never read anything to do with Iron Man, anything to do with Thor, and kind of get swept away by it. Um, I mean, the only thing that I'm kind of really intrigued to see what they do with is. Um, is the Clone Wars because obviously that's massively successful, 
Um, so they've cancelled the TV animation series. Yeah, so, yeah. So I guess that was the first sign that things were going to change. Which is sad because you know they are they are great. You know they are really good. Yeah. Um, and I mean I I loved um, the. The original ones done by the guy who did Dexter's Laboratory that I forgot yes, the name of. Yeah. Um, but they were superb. Um, but, you know, so I, I wonder, you know, they, they will have plans. They're not just going to scrap it all. But I think, you know, the main thing is, is that they they bought the rights to films. And, I you know, I, I think I often forget there are six Star Wars films. There are just, you know, that's it. Which, for all the information I have in my head about the Star Wars universe... Six films isn't a lot, and a lot of a lot of my kind of knowledge of the well, everybody's every Star Wars fan's knowledge of the Star Wars universe goes far beyond the films. Um, and I think you know maybe Disney are doing something very good in a lot of ways, where they're they're defining the scope of a project and they're constraining it, and they're saying, "Let's get this right." Because the thing is, what you've got to think is they've paid a heck of a lot of money for these rights. And if they get it wrong in the first one, mm. that's it. Mm. Game over, end of. So, you know, I think, you know, let's, I think maybe putting constraints on it and bringing it in. Yeah. No, concentrating think, yeah. on a film and then building out makes a lot more sense than trying to, you know, because with the Star Wars universe, it's spinning plates, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's know, just kind of reining it, this in, isn't it? Before setting out exactly what the what the parameters of the universe are and saying, this yeah. is what we're going to focus on. Let's get this sorted. Yeah. All yeah. Right, yeah. But, but also, sense. you know, it's, it's, a part, it's a part of the, of the Star Wars story <clears throat> that hasn't kind of been massively explored. You know, kind of episode the end of episode six is is kind of the cutoff. And yes, there are stories that go into, you know, what happens after that with, you know, yeah. Jack and or Jake and or Jason solo. <laughs> um and you know, all those kind of people. Um but it's kind of a bit of a grey area. Mm. Um there's been there I, seems to be a lot more energies focused on what happens between kind of episode two and three and a lot of epi- a lot of stuff uh, old Republic stuff, yeah, but, yeah, but not much. You're right. It, it's kind of, I don't know. Maybe they've maybe they've kept away from it because it does. We, we, the hope has always been that someone will come back, <laughs> whether yeah, it's Lucas yeah. or someone else, would come back and tell that story. And but but I think that is something that you know the 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 end of episode six. It's it's the conclusion of a story arc, but it's not the conclusion of a story. I don't think, I mean, you know, there's, there's things like, um, you know, Han and Leia, um, the fact that Leia is a Jedi, you know, that, um, the kind of the rebirth of, of the, uh, rebellion, you know, the, the fact that the, the tides of war are slightly, you know, are changing because, you know, the death star is destroyed, but, you know, according to everything that's been kind of established between that doesn't mean that it's the end of the empire. Um, you know they're, they're still mm. throughout the universe um, so you know and with with the Sith um, well th- this is another thing is that you know that in episode 6 it kind of says that these are the last two Sith Yeah. but in such an expansive empire they, they can't you know, if Senator Palpatine put all of his efforts into one you know <laughs> apprentice <laughs> he's not the brightest guy in the world is he mm. but um you know, I, I just don't know, and um, yeah, I, I think to me, I'm. 
Yeah, I'm I'm gutted that LucasArts has gone because they they had such you know they meant such a lot to me, and I can think of so many consoles down the years that I flicked the on switch to or PC games and that little LucasArts logos come mm. up and you know they did all the beautiful things like they animated them differently each time in the later years and you know they'd the LucasArts man would bring out a lightsaber and fight a load of guys and you know it was it was great it was brilliant but um you know in a lot of ways I think you know put yourself in Disney's shoes you are being handed the most beloved film franchise in the history of cinema mm. you know and <laughs> it's it's kind of like i don't care how talented you are that's got to be intimidating yeah yeah and sure. i think especially after what happened with prequels yeah exactly yeah and and that's the thing is um you know and uh, i think they you know whether you kind of love or hate the marvel films i mean i know you don't like the kind of idea of the ensemble film, yeah, the Avengers, but it doesn't doesn't float my boat. But um, but I know you like the individual films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I think they're they're great films. And you know, when it, when when they were bought out, um, you know, when Lucas sold sold um, you know all his rights, I remember me and me and you kind of saying, well, it can't go much lower than what Lucas did with it. Yeah, I also and, I also think you know, I think. Disney, as on on the whole, have been one of the very few companies to really understand what it means to have a legacy, a beloved legacy, because yeah. because of the way they treat their cla the classic Disney animations and the way, yeah, yeah. certainly in recent years, the way they've they've honoured those with um, proper reissues with. Uh, you know, with proper restorations. Mm. Uh, I, I think. You know, I that, mean, that the, the Diamond Edition happy. Blu rays are. Mm are stunning and you know the the effort i mean i remember getting um sleeping beauty um on blu-ray and it is just it is fantastic the work that has gone into it you know it's not kind of cobbled together put a few extras and chuck it out there you know there are hours and hours and hours of extras and fan service and um you know pencil tests and animation reels and you know it they to me it's like I look at that Lucas, you know, the, the last thing that Lucas kind of produced with his films, which is the Star Wars Blu-ray box set, mm. which I bought day one. And it is in the ugliest, yeah, cheapest box. The art is horrible. I haven't the, been able to bring myself to buy it. No, it's no. so and, horrible. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I, and, and my last really best cheap. hope, I think our last best hope for a proper re-release of all of this stuff and a proper restoration of the original trilogy, uh, I think is Disney. So to paraphrase, help me, Disney, you're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. So, you know, uh, I, think, uh, I, I think generally speaking, I'm, I'm kind of positive about it. But, but I can see why a lot of people are upset about the LucasArts thing. Yeah, and, uh, but I, I think, you know, to me, it's, it's in the same way as if Nintendo went bust tomorrow which, let's face it, isn't a million miles <laughs> off. <laughs> so, um, but... You know, it's like Sega had a similar thing where people love Sega. And it's like, yeah, but name me the last great game that Sega did. Mm. And they can't do it. They have characters that they love. I mean, to me, the last great kind of Sega game was Shenmue, um, which over here was a massive flop. And it's pretty much the game that single-handedly bankrupt Sega because they spent £50 million on it and it just went nowhere. Um, but it was absolutely incredible. But that was... You know, ten years ago, no. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, and, we, you know, the same with LucasArts. I mean, they worked in tandem with studios, you know, on kind of good games, like, um, you know, the Lego Star Wars games and Lego mm. Indiana Jones. They worked in tandem. But, you know, to go back to kind of the last great um, LucasArts game, um, you know, and I'm talking kind of, you know, really kind of redefining things. I, I couldn't tell you, like, the last, you know, kind of solid 9.0 to 10.0 game that they made. Um, probably um, Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader on GameCube, which was a launch title and was, you know, the it, it was built using... The GameCube had um, trigger buttons that clicked when they were fully activated, which acted as a throttle and then a boost for the ship, and it was all kind of... Mm. You know, and that was a real kind of classic game. But that was 2001. And since then, they've had kind of solid 7.5 to 8.0 games. But they haven't, you know, they haven't made a classic game. So you're, you're mourning, you're mourning kind of the past titles. And yeah. I think, you know, um, well, Nintendo's a bad example because they still release kind of phenomenal games. But, you know, that Sega did the same thing, you know. People love Sonic, but the last great Sonic game was, you know, 15, 20 years ago now. Yeah, sure. um, so I, I think, you know, I'm, to me, I'm, I'm way more bothered about what they do with the films than I am with what they do with the games and the, the kind of expanded universe. Because to me, if the, if, I mean, that sounds horrible because so many people lost their jobs. They're very talented people. They'll get, they'll get jobs. Yeah, um, sure. But, you know, in fact, they'll probably more likely set up little indie studios and make iOS games that will just blow everybody's minds. So it could be a good thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, to me, if I can, you know, in two years' time, sit, sit there watching new Star Wars and for two and a half hours just go, this is it. This is the film I have waited my entire life for. <laughs> you know, that's that's fine. Um, because I remember that feeling when in, you know, um, 1999 was Phantom Menace? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember the feeling when I first saw the trailer. And it, I believe it was in the at the beginning of The Mummy was the first time I saw it. <laughs> and it, it had the LucasArts logo and then it ended with Darth Maul with a twin lightsaber. Yeah. And 11-year-old Kyle... Well, I, 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 was, I was quite, <laughs> quite some considerable age, uh, but, I <laughs> but I remember spending pretty much uh, half a day downloading the, the, the decent quality um, QuickTime on Apple. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was premiered and on, on Apple QuickTime And scrubbing through it frame trailers. for frame. Yeah, and it took, it took a long time to get, to get down our, our, I think, 64K internet connection um but um yeah it was a 64k big, big you flying. Um, <laughs> but yeah and you know that's the thing and then i remember sitting in the cinema and getting to the end and you know i it's the first film i'd ever been to where you know the the titles rolled and the cinema people were on their feet applauding screaming mm. hugging each other like honestly there were people hugging each other and I've never seen that, you know. It's I went one to of the stages of, the of grieving. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> acceptance. Um, mm, yeah, but yeah, it's um, you know, it's a, 
I just want that that film that I always wanted, and, and I think, you know, I want to see X Wings and I want to see the Millennium Falcon, and um, hopefully Disney will give me that. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But um, no, so you know, I, I do think very very sad. Um, but I think maybe you know because I've I've kind of had a bit more time to think about it, and I think you know looking looking at it from Disney's point of view now. Um, I can see why they did it, and I can understand why they did it. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, I think it makes sense. And we'll, we'll just see how the films go. Of course, I'm, I'm the only film I'm um, interested in seeing in 2015, though, is uh, is Finding Dory. Yeah. Oh man, what a bit of news! <laughs> Let's be honest, that's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. No, I, I was I was as excited by that bit of news. Uh, you know, I was that kind of made up for LucasArts being closed because Finding Nemo is one of the all-time Pixar classics um, and and deserves a sequel. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a prequel, isn't it? Is well, that, yeah, yeah. Is that well, right? Well, yeah, I, I, think prequel, it, I think it yeah, is a prequel. Um, I, know, I know Stuart, um, Stuart and Matt was, were saying they, they, I don't think they, I don't think they picked up on that. They were, they were, they were saying that uh, they hadn't heard news of what, of where Nemo figures in the story yet, but I, I think from what from what I'm hearing, Nemo hasn't been born in this story. It's it's yeah. um, it's a prequel. But um, you know, and I think to me, I'll be very intrigued because, <clears throat> you know, we we've talked in in the past about kind of whether the perfect trilogy exists, um, and I think you can argue about a lot of trilogies, but the Toy Story trilogy mm-hmm. is probably the perfect as close to the perfect trilogy as we can get yeah it's just, um, it certainly is yeah. but in terms of in terms of sequels it's really the only kind of kind of triple a pixar title that that got i mean i know cars 2 came out but cars wasn't the kind of cultural phenomenon that toy story was no um, a different age group and so on yeah yeah and the thing is is that i remember it was quite funny because i really liked cars um just because it made me five years old but i remember um uh ben one of my friends he knows one of the pixar animators and he'd said when they were working on it he was kind of like i don't get this this isn't this isn't what pixar do and then he went to see it with his six-year-old kid and realized why they'd made it Mm. because you know this this kid's eyes lit up and i think with pixar um <laughs> you know we often make the mistake i guess with it like we do with a lot of things where we want them to be made for us and their kids films <laughs> that's the kind of primary drive yeah um, i guess i guess the, uh, the thing with, with the pixar films is that up until about that point they had been they'd been made as re- uh, films that really appealed across the board that you could take yeah. you take your kid but there was uh, there's a whole bunch to enjoy uh, as a as a grown-up kid <laughs> um yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't say as an adult i don't think they're adult films in any way uh, but but, like, but whereas cars i think i think very very much plays for the uh the the you know the the young the the young kid audience and um and, and works works for those those people yeah. and that's the thing to remember is you know it's just because kind of empire total film you know don't see it as the kind of you know amazing film i mean you know people people i think pixar in a lot of ways are almost a victim of their own success because every time they release a film i pick up the copy of Empire the week after the film's released and well the week before and flick through and if I don't see five stars I'm just like what the hell happened 
Um, <laughs> because, you know, we got used to for so long them, them making these kind of incredible, incredible. And <clears throat> I don't know if it's because, um, you know, John Lasseter left. Um, but, you know, also they've, they've lost a lot of talent. You know, they've lost John Lasseter, they've lost Brad Bird. Um, you know, who were, who were kind of big guys there and, and had a, clearly had a lot of creative drive in the studio. Um, and they still do amazing stuff. And, um, you know, Brave Brave was a good film. Yeah. But um, to no, me... I, I now, enjoyed I, Brave. Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. But I think, you know, it's... But that's the thing, isn't it? Is it, it, was, it was made as... It's a Disney film. You know, it's, it's a Disney princess story. Mm. It's Pocahontas. It's, you know, Sleeping Beauty. Um, and I think, you know... Um, Toy Story is is kind of a franchise that I hold very dearly, but I loved Bugs Life, I loved The Incredibles, I loved Ratatouille, um, but you know what we've got to think is things like Ratatouille, uh, whilst they were criti- critically loved, um, in terms of their kind of box office success, you know that wasn't really reflected, um, and at the end of the day, as much as we like to kind of sit here and about film it, it has to be it has to be commercially viable um, and I think you know maybe this is it's quite nice to see them kind of because Monsters Inc was an absolutely phenomenal film and from everything I've seen of the sequel and kind of you know what they're doing with it yeah. I'm so excited by it well um, I think I think this is the Monsters Inc yeah absolutely it's the film I'm looking forward to most this year Uh Finding Finding Dory's great news, I think, but I think one of the things that that, that coming along has has got people hoping for is that is is hoping that that there'll be a third uh, missing sequel, and that they're hoping it will be The Incredibles, because I think I think of all, yeah. of all the films that are beloved to kind of to kind of fans, well, I think I think that's the one that people want to see a sequel of. Yeah, and I think. To me, The Incredibles um, was—it oh, was incredible. But no, <laughs> it was—it um, was—it was so beautifully kind of set up that it was. They actually did an origin story. Mm. <laughs> you know, they actually did the kind of traditional superhero origin story. Um, you know, but it was kind of the origin post superheroes. You know, and, and I just think the whole world and kind of the way it was done. It was just ace. I mean, what I'd like to... I don't know if you've read Marvel Civil War, but I'd love to see them do that, where uh, all the Incredibles go to war against each other because they're trying to protect their anonymity. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. But Mm. no, you know, The Incredibles was a stunning film, and I think, um, yeah, it does deserve a sequel. Um, And maybe, um, you know, like you say, it's the most worthy of the Pixar films for a sequel. Mm. Um. But yeah, so you know, I think you know, with with uh, with Pixar, I still have a lot of faith in them. Um, but I do think DreamWorks have caught up considerably because I, I know there was always that thing that DreamWorks were kind of lagging behind. Um, but I thought you know that the latest kind of DreamWorks films of kind of you know the Kung Fu Pandas and all those kind of things were are absolutely amazing. Well, I think they're fun, but I'm I'm still not convinced that they that they're telling the kind of stories that. Um... That Pixar, no, they're not. They're not. 
they don't have that they don't have that kind of i mean the thing is is that <clears throat> dreamworks were always kind of the technical studio weren't they because yeah. you could always tell when they'd worked something out because they'd make a film about it so there was uh, there's a, there was a water film an ice yeah. film a grass well, film well you could you could to an extent with pixar as well but it just felt much more natural but i, I don't know i think for me it was there was this it's the storytelling and the stories with the dreamworks seemed complex overwrought uh, they seemed they seemed like they were written by committee. Um, they got too too many elements in them, uh, you know. And, and I think um, at their best, uh, which was which is quite a lot of the time, Pixar just doesn't mm. hasn't hasn't done that. Um, the, the films have, yeah, have yeah, got no, a simplicity and, um, and a heart to them. Yeah, and but you know, I think as well, you know, Disney uh, with Wreck It Ralph, um, which yeah, I still that, haven't that... seen. Really? Yeah, I still not seen it. Oh, uh, it's I, an I kept trying to, trying to persuade uh, Lucy every time we went to the cinema. I'd just say, "Oh, should we go and see that?" And she was like, "Nah, mm, not really interested. <laughs> not really, not really my thing." Which is pro- probably true. Well, it's, it's it's a great film. I mean, it, it would probably be more Lucy's thing than you'd imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Um, but the um, you know, the, I, th- I think for there was, I mean. The, if you're not a gamer, you'll miss a lot of it. But saying that, with you know, I watched it with Sarah, and she she still lived it. But there are there are so many references to to computer games in there. Um, but done affectionately, not kind of crowbarred in. Um, but no, I thought it was great. I thought it was an amazing film. Um, well, that's one I should yeah, so, uh, I should be trying to trying to catch up on soon. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, and you went to see Oz the other day. We did yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Because yeah. it's uh, over here. It's the uh, school. Easter holidays, so um, so yeah. So we were, we we were going yesterday. We we were going to go the day before, but we well, I turned up for a particular screening and and uh, realised to, to my horror that it was in it was in three D. <laughs> and oh, and uh, we weren't. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared to pay the the like 50, almost fifty sixty percent um, additional surcharge to get a headache. Um, so yeah. Also, <laughs> there's the, in that film there is a lot of 3D porn. I imagine mm. like there's not literally 3D porn, but um, you know yeah, stuff of, that's there to there show. Was, I watched it in 2D, and there were so many moments where I was just like, yeah, okay. So I'm really glad I didn't see this in 3D. Mm. <laughs> um, Although um, yeah, Sam Sam Raimi was on uh, uh, the uh, Kermode and Mayo a couple of, a couple of weeks back, and and he was saying that that he doesn't like 3D either, um, uh, and but the, he felt that they they'd done a good job of it with 3D on this on this movie and made it much uh, they'd made a special effort to make it much less tiring and the transitions between th- the, the 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 dimensions if you like the kind of empath- mm. the, the the was was designed in such a way as to as to not be a, an eye to cause too much eye strain and so on yeah. so you know it might it might be a good one to see in 3D if if you like 3D but uh, that wasn't well, what I wanted to see it for well, I sent you a synopsis because you said you said you've been to see it, and I said uh, first ten minutes amazing, first act okay, second act terrible, third act great. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's it's not far it's not far off that. I thought I thought um, that there were slow bits, and I thought it took it took its time on certain things that that. Um, that I couldn't see why it was spending so much time doing. I have to say, I, I've got a very, just this very tiny, tiny problem with um, with uh, uh, God, what's his name? James Franco, uh, the yeah. uh, the lead. Yeah, um, Franco. And um, God, why has his name completely disappeared from my brain? 
Um, <laughs> no, it's Franco. Franco, you, yeah. That's, yeah, you got, the, you got the name right. Yeah. Uh, uh, it just, I, you know, he's a, he's a. Yeah, James Franco. The, re- the reason I'm getting confused is because of Jess Franco as well, who who died this week. Um, the um, yeah, he, he's a good actor, and I and I, I think he's he's convincing in a lot of things. But there's something slightly off about him, and and it just puts me slightly on edge when, when at the beginning I don't quite I don't quite buy him in the ro- in 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 certain roles and and it took me a little while to to go with him on on this one as well although i think i think you know overall that works quite well that that he is a, a, a he's he's playing he's acting um a part in the in the film as well um well, but i uh, thought i thought overall it was um it was it was, re- it was a really well well judged film and i like a lot of the kind of sam raimi-esque moments i think the mm. particularly dialogue um, I mean, I, I think to me that the saddest thing about it was the the show was stolen by two CG characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, know. but Zach Braff uh, performs uh, Finley so beautifully. Um, yeah, no, yeah. it's done. It's absolutely like I, I love it. But then it's funny because it, it wasn't until I went on IMDb after watching the film that Joey King, who's who's the um, the girl who plays the China girl. Um, oh, yeah. That I realised she was the girl in the wheelchair. Yes, which I, is a really nice I kind didn't. of parallel that's yeah. drawn up. No, I, I got the parallel, um, but I didn't know it was it was her until you just said it, and I'm just looking at the uh, at IMDb cast list now, and mm. I did so I didn't I didn't notice that in the cre- in the credits, but um, but yeah, no, no, it made I sense. I think it's it, one it of went... those films that needs another watch. I think. Um, because you know, when you see what's coming, you might kind of read into it a bit more. Mm. But um, no, I thought it reminded you, you. You mentioned earlier you talk, we talk about Pixar stuff, and you said about Bugs Life, and and for me, the the parallel with Bugs Life was was the most <laughs> was the thing that I got most while yeah, watching yeah. it. That it felt like it, it was a live action version of Bugs Life. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think you know there was. Um, I mean, it's. It's it's hard for me to kind of you know because um, I I do love the Wizard of Oz you know the original Wizard of Oz is well, the original it, it, or? <laughs> it, well you know I mean like, so many you know, so many versions um, of... but it's it's a it's a classic and I, I think um, with with this I kind of felt there was just there was moments where things just didn't you know like the whole Mia Kunis's transition um, into the Wicked Witch. Mm. It's just so kind of weak and shoehorned in. It's just like it seems a little ridiculous. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was, it was reasonable. Um, I, I wondered how they were going to do it. Um, uh, you know, cause, because you, you've got to kind of even even though this isn't a prequel in the sense that it you know they they couldn't it's you know, couldn't do anything that was in the original film they couldn't use things that the original film invented they could they could only they could it's, it's a prequel in the terms of the book but but still because as you say because of the the huge kind of cultural significance of that movie of the uh, of the classic wizard of oz movie and and the reference that we that kids even now kids are, are really aware of what the wicked witch of the west looks like um, you've, you've got to kind of make that visual transition somehow, and yeah. uh, I, you know, and I, and I wondered how that was going to happen, and I, and I thought it was quite nicely handled. I thought I thought the way that they did it in in Shadow, 
yeah, uh, yeah. for the first scene, and then you you only see her, you suddenly see her later. That even her own sister is horrified at her appearance. Mm. The one uh, thing I will say is her voice deserves an Oscar because that <laughs> must have shredded her voice, her vo- <laughs> you know, her voice box. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Meg got really angry. <laughs> Um, but no, you know, so uh, to me, it was kind of a firm six out of ten. If it's on on a Sunday afternoon, I'll I'll watch it. But um, no, I think it's yeah. better than that. I thought it was better than that. And um, uh, yeah, I think uh, Lucy, Lucy, I watched it with well, we watched it with a twelve year old. Um, you know, she she was entertained uh, and 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 had a, a lot of good things to say about it after we we. A lot of the jokes were very funny, um, you know. I think I think Raimi handles handles humour and comedy beautifully. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought the I, I thought the the best joke was the go go off over there and make make your animal noises. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Finley. <laughs> but um, no, I th- and I, th- I think Finley is a is a great. It could could have been really annoying. Could have been um, Jar Jar Binks. But oh, no, it turns superb. out to be a really great CG and well-acted character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and very, what I liked was um, very kind of... Um, because I think, you know, when you say kind of, okay, Zach, be a monkey, um, it's, <laughs> it's um, you know, it's tempting to kind of flail your arms around all the time and that kind of... But it was, it was quite understated, really, mm. Um which was very nice, and you know I, I'm a big fan of Zach Braff. Anyway, as we've discussed on the show before, so <laughs> I, uh, I I can't say anything bad about him, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, well, <clears throat> I think the other bit of well, there's there's so much going on this week with with Deviant Art um, striking up a partnership with Madefire. Yeah, which we'll probably be talk about more, I guess, when we're talking about um, the, green, yeah, the Green Men and the comic development. Yeah, um, but yeah. So important. I think we'll save we'll save that for Monday. But I think the one thing that's really worth saying um, is the the sad news about um, Ian Banks. Yes, um, which is is just tragic because he's a massively gifted writer um, and from all accounts a bloody nice bloke um, so we've, so we've lost a few people this week um, yeah well we um, haven't lost him yet yeah, <laughs> oh, well that's but, right um, but we've lost a few we've, we've lost a few uh, Roger Ebert um, yeah. yesterday um, coming very shortly after he, him announcing that he was kind of retiring from writing uh, from reviewing films on a regular basis and was just going to review the films he liked um, yeah uh, and um, then yesterday with um, Carmine, Carmine Infantino, Infantino. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a name that um, that sticks out right away. If you if you grew up reading comics, particularly if you if if like me, you grew up uh, slightly older re- reading the Star Wars uh, comics and mm. see and seeing his credit on on many of the, the certainly the covers. So those yeah. things, um, yeah, absolutely. I I, I hadn't realised um, how old he was. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he's eighty-seven. Eighty-seven's uh, not a bad age. Like, not, it's not uh, a bad age. As they as they say in Britain, not a bad innings. No, and so um, and so, you know, his his artwork is kind of um, it's is if you look, you know, just looking back at, at what what he's done over over that um, hugely long career, mm-hmm. uh, all all the way um, back to to um, the Flash and uh, a lot well, it's of, interesting a lot of DC because, work. Um, next to me is a is a the golden age of DC comics collector's book, and uh, there's 
there's a heck of a lot of his illustrations in there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so you know, I think, yeah, and you know, I think, um, well, at the age of eighty-seven, he uh, he gave the world of comic books a heck of a lot, and uh, will be sadly missed. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think you know, with with Ian Banks, I mean, um, you know, he's, I, well, the Wasp Factory and books like that, are, you know, incredible books. Um, but for me, I I know him more for his sci-fi um and uh yeah a great writer and a very talented bloke and very sad news but, yeah um, that's yeah i'm the other i'm the other way around i know him more for his um for his ian banks fiction rather, work, than, rather the than the ian m banks stuff yeah. um it's something it's something i always kind of meant to meant to spend some time reading the ian m banks mm. things and uh and never got round to um well, there's so. no time like now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consider Phlebas, Matter, um, those kind of books. Very good. Yes, um, all the culture books. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I know my, my brother's, one of my brother's favourite books of all time is The Wasp Factory. Yeah, um, no, no, I remember reading it when it first came out. In fact, I had the very first um, edition of it, which was borrowed by somebody and never returned. Oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's, yes. that's gone up by a couple of hundred quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I so I got a, I guess I'm just trying to think when when did the when was the Wasp Factory first uh, published? Eighty four, I think. Okay, I so I'd have, I'd have been about eighteen. Um... I'd have been a sperm. So yeah, nineteen eighty four, the Wasp Factory. So I so I bought it at the time um, because it, it was very widely reviewed uh, in kind of uh, almost in, in things like uh, NME you know so yeah, it's yeah. a kind of, it was a kind it, of cult book yeah um, it is and, and I think uh, it still is yeah so I so I went through the kind of wasp factory walking on glass the bridge and Espadare Street those kind of first four um, mm. at the time they were released and I and, and just thought they were fantastic um, so, so enjoyed watching him become a, a kind of well-respected and uh, hugely popular author. So, yeah. Yeah. and I, I think you know he he's in that kind of you know Steinbeck with Canary Row um, for that generation, and you know like there's always like Catch Twenty Two, Lord of the Flies, um, 1984 by you know um, Orwell and people like you know there there are there are always kind of people who kind of capture a mood of a moment and. I think, you know, I <clears throat> I didn't read The Wasp Factory, you know, obviously at the time because I wasn't mm. born. Um, but, but, you know, my, my brother read it and it was it was something that kind of um, profoundly affected his life and mm. uh, affected his kind of creativity and his, um, his artwork and so on. So I know he was a big inspiration to a lot. Well, is a big inspiration to a lot of people. Um, and, yeah, just a very sad bit of news. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're, you're right. I really should um, plough my way through the... Uh, culture books. Um, yeah, well, I have them if you wish to borrow them. Yeah, I shall start. I, I may even oh, start fact, today. For our first, for our first book club, we'll yeah. do it. We'll do an E and M banks. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, let's go back to the first. What's the first one? Consider Flavus. Uh, consider Flavus. Yeah. So I'll start yeah. on that, and yeah, um, yeah and we'll and we'll we'll look at that because yeah, because we we talked about running it, doing a doing a, a separate podcast or a kind of book club with with a variety of people kind of coming in, yeah, and reading that. Um, yeah, so uh, sad news, but um, let's take use it as an opportunity to kind of uh, rediscover well, for the work. discover that stuff. Yeah, and I, I think you know, just um, well, let's put it this way: if if any of us can make it to that age, contributing 
um, such great work as he did that yeah. we've all done our jobs right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but until then, we'll prat about and podcast. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what? Anything else? Um, anything else happened this week? You uh, you want to? Well, I, th- I think in terms of the comic books, you know, maybe save that for Monday because we've, yeah. we've got a show coming up, um, you know, in three days' time. So we, you know, we don't want to, yeah. um, we don't want to take up all of your time. <laughs> um, oh, I bought. Um, I I went uh, yesterday on the way to the cinema. We picked up some more of the Doctor Who micro fi- micro figures, the oh, series nice. three ones, um, which were I don't know if people know these things. These are the. The character building. No, you're uh, the only one. <laughs> <laughs> the little character building, kind of, kind of Lego style people. Um, but uh, series three is out now, and um, we were lucky actually because these, are, these, are, you know, you buy them in packs and you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So picking up three yesterday, we managed to get, um, we managed to get two, two of the Doctor, which we hadn't got already, so that's, oh, that's, that's fine. Uh, and one of the Amy Pond with the. Um, tally marks on her face from the oh, when cool. they're spotting the silence. Yeah. Um, so that that was pretty pretty good. But we're still we're still some way off a, a one full set, let alone two full sets of those. Oh, I like I like the Rory with an eye patch. He's yeah, cool. he's cool. I'm really I, I really <laughs> want the Vashti Narada. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, and I, I think um, well that leads us quite nicely into um. At the end of the month, we're going to have a very exciting special um, from um, uh, Big Chief Studios going through the uh, Doctor Who special edition figures that will be coming out um, for the 50th anniversary. And that will be a genuinely fascinating show. Excellent. Um, So, yeah. So, yes. Well, that rounds us up. Um, yep, we didn't nice. say the date at the beginning. It's April the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the date the date will be there when people click on it and, and listen to it. Um, yes, yeah, so, so we, we'll get we'll get this show up today. So, yeah. um, so it's been a week of of uh, goodbyes. So <laughs> yeah. it's been a it's been um, you know the death of Lucas Arts, the death of uh, a comic book legend, and um, the the sad news about Ian Banks. So yeah, yeah. there we are. The world uh, keeps on turning. Keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be more optimistic next week. I yeah, happier show next week. I hope. <laughs> yeah, but um, but not. We'll just do one on babies. Everybody loves babies. <laughs> it's spring. We need little lambs, little lambs yeah, we'll and do, chicks, we'll, and we'll do a country file. We'll go out to a farm <laughs> and just record a load of chicks and lambs, and then have a stew. Um, (laughs) but yes okay so goodbye everybody and thank you very much for listening okay um and we'll be back monday yeah okay and i'll you have a good weekend and i shall yeah and you rob speak to you on monday bye bye bye